When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. this Super Bowl weekend. Hard to believe that we're here. And again, I give a lot of credit to the National Football League. Think about what they were able to do. I think it's remarkable that the Super Bowl is going on as scheduled. I didn't think we would get here. Uh, I really didn't. I give all the credit in the world to uh, the medical staff, the trainers, the players, the coaches, everyone that travels with these NFL teams. Yeah, there were a few postponements, but there were no games canceled. Every game was played. And again, hats off to the National Football League. What an undertaking that was. And here we are two days away from Super Bowl 55 in Tampa with the Chiefs and the Bucks. In a couple of minutes, I'm going to give you my selection of how I think this game is going to go down. But I want to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by Roy's Umbrella. For all of your home loan needs, just go to roysumbrella.com. Buying a new home, doing a refi. I've used Roy for a number of years. There's no tricks. There's no nonsense. There's no hidden charges at the end. It's a pleasure working with Roy and his staff. Again, for all of your home loan needs, just go to roysumbrella.com. That's roysumbrella.com. It was about... I want to say 20 years ago, uh, Michael Odino, who's a dear friend of mine, does the Detroit Pistons now, does a lot of the Tiger games. He worked back with me in, gosh, I want to say the 90s, you know, the turn of the century. And Michael was one of the first guys that I ever met when I moved to Sacramento as he was the director for the news at Channel 31 when I moved to Sacramento in 1987. And Michael and I were just talking about sports on TV. And he told me that he watched the game to see how it was directed and how it was produced. And I'm like, what do you mean? He said, you know, a lot of times I don't even really know what's going on in the game because I'm really paying so much attention to the way the game is being cut. In other words, what pictures are being shown at what time and all of the things that maybe you and I look at when we watch a game that we don't even think about. Now, for me... I listen to the announcers very closely, and because it's been something I've done my whole life, I do kind of nitpick a little bit when it comes to announcing. For instance, on Sunday, you've got CBS doing a game, Jim Nance and Tony Romo. And I'm not crazy about Tony Romo, but I think more than anything, I think Tony has really hurt Jim Nance because I've talked about this over the years. We each have a role, and the role of the commentator, the analyst, and the role of the play-by-play man are completely different. But if you don't understand 
each other's role and you don't have, I don't want to say appreciation, but if you don't have an understanding of the other person's duties and responsibilities to do their job at their best, then you're never going to mesh. You know, a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, I should say, I had Jerry Reynolds on and Jerry and I were talking about this and Jerry was talking about me you know, being the driving force of the telecast. And I said, no, 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 you are. I, he, you know, he thought the play-by-play guy is the most important person on the broadcast. And I disagree with Jerry. I think the color analyst is the most important person on the telecast. But then after Jerry and I got done talking about this, I was like, you know, that is really neat. I think Jerry is the most important part of the telecast. And Jerry thought that, you know, Vice versa. And so I think that's why it worked so well, because you can't walk into a booth thinking that you know it all and that you're going to take over the show. It never works like that. And I've worked with a lot of announcers. I really have uh, throughout my time doing, you know, not only the NBA, but college sports. I've done the National Hockey League. I've done the NFL, and I've worked with a lot of different announcers. And when I first started doing the Kings, my uh, analyst was Ted Green. And Ted used to be the producer for the Roy Firestone show. And I got to tell you, Ted was an unbelievable communicator. He knew the NBA inside and out. And for me, starting off doing the games in 1988, he was really good for me because I, I knew that he could carry the telecast as I was starting out. And I really knew that. I mean, I knew that, you know, t- no matter what unfolded, no matter what I asked Ted, he would know he was a student of the game. He was, as I said, a great communicator. And, you know, as I look back at announcing teams that have done the Super Bowl, and I'm going to get to, you know, some of the pairings in a, in a couple of moments, because I think it's fascinating when you go back and look at Super Bowl one now to where we're at for this weekend. But I've worked with, you know, as I said, a lot of different analysts in a lot of different sports. And, and I don't really care whether you won Super Bowls or you won championships or, you know, if you were a 10-time All-Star. I, I don't care about that. You know, if you cannot communicate, number one, and number two, you're not able to appreciate the other person's role in the booth with you, then it doesn't work. And to me, Jim Nance has suffered as a play-by-play man because of Tony Romo. Because I don't think Tony fully understands Jim Nance's role because he's obviously never done play-by-play. And I thought Jim Nance was a much better announcer working with Phil Simms than with Tony Romo. And again, I'm not... I'm not crazy about Tony Romo as an analyst. I, I, I just, he's, he, he's overbearing to me. He's too much for me. I need him to just, you know, simmer down once in a while. And I think for Jim Nance, it is very difficult for him because my interpretation of what's going on, my observation is that Jim Nance never really gets into a rhythm working with Tony Romo because sometimes Tony talks when the ball's being snapped. Sometimes he's talking too quick after the play before Jim Nance can really complete uh, the play-by-play. And I can tell you, because I've been in that situation before, it is very challenging for a play-by-play announcer. Very challenging indeed. If you're working with an overbearing analyst, all right, it is a very challenging time because you don't necessarily get into a rhythm. I worked with Bill Walton for a number of years. And Bill 
is, and again, and I love Bill. I mean, I absolutely love Bill Walton. I love the guy. I absolutely love the guy. But when you're announcing a game with Bill Walton, and again, he is a, He's an interesting example because there, there, there isn't another, you know, Bill Walton. Maybe you would say Dick Vitale, right? Maybe, maybe, right? But who else in any other sport would you put with Bill Walton and Dick Vitale for their style as an analyst? But I knew when I was getting ready to do a game with Bill Walton that Bill was 100% of the show and that people that were tuning in were tuning in to either – you know, laugh at Bill, make fun of Bill, be entertained by Bill, whatever the case may be. But I knew that Bill was the show. And very often I would, and I'm going to use the term sacrifice, I would sacrifice my role to let Bill take center stage. Now, he was going to take center stage regardless of what I did. It really didn't matter. But but you go into it understanding that. Now, I don't know if Jim Nance has that same mindset. I mean, Jim Nance is Mr. CBS. Think about everything he does for the network. I mean, how many people go from doing a Super Bowl to the Final Four out the door and they're at Augusta in the tower on 18? I mean, what Jim Nance has accomplished at CBS is unbelievable. But I personally think Jim Nance has suffered as a play-by-play announcer working with Tony Romo. But anyway, go back to the Super Bowl. Do you know that in Super Bowl one? Super Bowl one in 1967, the game was aired on both CBS and NBC, and Ray Scott of CBS did the first half play-by-play, and Jack Whitaker did the second half. And the color analyst for that game was Frank Gifford, all right? Now, for a long time, they only had games on CBS and NBC. So Ray Scott the following year, Worked with Pat Summerall. And what's interesting of Pat Summerall, in Super Bowl One, Pat Summerall was the sideline announcer. And in Super Bowl Two, he was in the booth with Ray Scott and Jack Kemp. It was a three-man broadcast booth. Then the Joe Namath, I guarantee we're going to win game, the, the, the huge game for the American Football League, when they beat the Baltimore Colts, Kurt Gowdy did his first ever Super Bowl with Kyle Rote and Al D. Rogatis. And to this day... I put Kurt Gowdy and Aldi Rogatis at the very, very top of NFL announcing teams all time. I put him right up there with Summerall and Madden. I think Kurt Gowdy, you know, to me, is on Mount Rushmore. All right? He's definitely on, he's on Mount Rushmore. Then Jack Buck did the next Super Bowl, and the analysts were Pat Summerall and Frank Gifford. Then Kurt Gowdy did Super Bowl number five. With Kyle Rote. Then it was Ray Scott and Pat Summerall. Then Kurt Gowdy and Aldi Rogatis did the Super Bowl in 1973. The following year, Ray Scott, who again was Mr. CBS back then, did the game with Pat Summerall and Bart Starr. Then it was Kurt Gowdy. And then what is interesting, in 1976, Pat Summerall made the switch from analyst and CBS made him their number one guy. If you remember Pat Summerall, the former player in the National Football League. Think about what he did. Sidelines, color analyst, play-by-play, and he formed a phenomenal, phenomenal team with Tom Brookshire. And when Pat Summerall did his first Super Bowl in 1976, who knew that that was going to be the start of an epic run for a quality, quality individual? He was a great guy, Pat Summerall. Then Kurt Gowdy, did the next year's Super Bowl. That was the start of the Merlin Olsen era. 
All right? He did it with John Brody as well. Then it was Summerall Brookshire. Then Dick Enberg did his first Super Bowl in 1981, and it was Merlin Olsen. And NBC had Enberg and Molson, or Olsen, I should say, as their number one team for years. And Dick Enberg could announce a game of checkers and make it sound interesting. I mean, when I think of the heyday of the National Football League, I always think of Kurt Gowdy, and I and I say heyday. I mean, maybe that's the wrong term, but I always think Kurt Gowdy and Dick Enberg. And for those of you that are younger and you don't really know who I'm talking about here, just do yourself a favor and Google Kurt Gowdy. That's Kurt with a C, all right? And listen to the way he did sports, whether it was baseball, whether it was football. He was, again, on Mount Rushmore. Dick Enberg, I mean, one of the greatest that's ever lived. But then, after Dick Enberg came on the scene, it was only a few years later that CBS made the switch, took Tom Brookshire away from Pat Summerall, and John Madden stepped into the booth. And they did their first Super Bowl in 1987. And to this day, if you take a poll, who's the greatest NFL broadcast duo of all time, Pat Summerall and John Madden are probably going to come out number one. Summerall, just phenomenal. And he is another play-by-play guy that completely 100% understood that the most important person in the booth was his analyst and John Madden. And not every play-by-play guy could have worked with John Madden. It takes a specific certain individual to pull that off. And Pat Summerall was absolutely perfect. Then what's interesting, after Summerall and Madden, all right, did a couple of Super Bowls together, ABC got into the mix, and they won the rights to do their first ever Super Bowl in 1988. And Al Michaels did the game with Frank Gifford and Dan Deardorff. All right? Then it was Enberg, Olsen, Summerall, Madden. Again, Al Michaels. They went on a three-network rotation. And then after Merlin Olsen stepped down, Bob Trumpy became Dick Enberg's number one guy. And I like Bob Trumpy better than Merlin Olsen. He had more energy. I liked his voice better. Nothing bad to say about Merlin. I mean, it's not like I didn't enjoy Merlin. I did. But I thought Trumpy was great with Dick Enberg. And again, if you are, you know, before those times, just Google a couple games with Enberg uh, and Trumpy. All right. Then Al Michaels, ABC, Frank Gifford and Dan Deardorff. Then Dick Enberg had Phil Simms in the booth for the first time with uh, Paul McGuire. Then it was Summerall Madden. Then Enberg with Sims. And McGuire, Summerall, and Madden. Michaels did the game with Boomer Esiason when he was doing Monday Night Football at the turn of the century. Now, here's a guy. I'm going to mention the name here. And you may very well say, wow, I never knew that he did a Super Bowl as the TV play-by-play announcer. Greg Gumbel. Because when you think of Greg, I always thought of a great studio host. And I'm not saying he's not a good play-by-play man. But he did the Super Bowl. In 2001, with Phil Simms on CBS. How about that for you? All right? Then, if you remember, ABC took Madden away from Summerall, and he was working ABC with Al Michaels. Then Gumbel did the game in 2004 with Sims. 
And then in 2005, it was the Joe Buck, Troy Aikman era. And what's interesting is on Fox in 2005, Chris Collinsworth was a three-man booth with Buck and Aikman. But you think about Michaels and Madden, and again, Nance then moved into the number one seat at CBS in 2007 with Phil Simms. Then Joe Buck had Troy Aikman, Michaels and Madden, Nance and Sims. You had Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. And everything stayed the same pretty much until Chris Collinsworth joined Al Michaels in 2015. And then Tony Romo took over for Phil Sims. And Romo did his first Super Bowl in 2019. But when I think about these announced teams, all right, when I think about Kurt Gowdy and Aldi Rogatis, when I think about Pat Summerall and John Madden, to me, just me now, those are my two that always stick out to me. Al Michaels is one of the greatest announcers that's ever lived. And so anytime Al Michaels is doing an event, it's great. It's not just good, it's great. Al Michaels can work with anybody, has. He's just an amazing, amazing play-by-play man. But I go back to what I was saying at the beginning of this show. It's so interesting to me to watch certain duos that just hit it off, like Kurt Gowdy and Aldi Rogatis. They were great. You know, I thought, you know, Dick Enberg and Merlin Olsen, they were a great team for NBC. But I loved it when Bob Trumpy came over and teamed with Dick Enberg because it had more possess. I'm an energy guy. I need energy on my broadcast. That's what I want from my announcers. If you don't have energy, it's tough. And I've worked with some people that don't have energy and it is not always easy. All right. I mean, I, I did the Kings games with Ted Green. Then I went from Ted to Quinn Buckner for a while. And Quinn's not an energy guy. Quinn, Quinn is not, he's not my cup of tea. I, as a person, love the guy. Great guy. Love talking to him about his days at Indiana with Bob Knight. Love talking to him about the Celtics. He's just not for me. He and I were not a good team. And then I got Derek Dickey. And I, Derek was just unbelievable. And, you know, Derek, it was interesting because Derek always felt that I was the show and that he had to fit in with me. And I used to tell Derek, no, 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 you're the show. And Derek and I worked for a couple of years and truly ended up being one of my very best friends. And then after that, you know, I formed my partnership with Jerry Reynolds. And there's something about chemistry in a broadcast booth. And you know, when you have chemistry, you know it, you see it. And then when you turn on a game and there's no chemistry, you're like, wow, what a difference. What a difference. And that's why, and again, I go back to Sunday with Tony Romo and Jim Nance. I'm a huge Nance fan. I love the guy. But I don't think that Tony Romo has been good for Jim Nance. I don't think Nance, I think his play-by-play has suffered uh, because of Tony Romo. You know, I was thinking about doing uh, I've done football in a three-man booth. It's very difficult. I'm glad that CBS keeps it with just Romo. I mean, there's no way you could put a third person in there. I hate Monday Night Football with three announcers. I, I don't think there's any need for it. I mean, if you have Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, you don't need a third person in the booth. Uh, it, it's ridiculous. And uh, again, even though I was only doing the Raiders for five years on preseason, they always wanted... And I, and I get that. It's preseason, and they're trying to sell their product. I did the games with Jim Plunkett every year. And then, you know, I had Artie Gigantino. Um, you know, there were there were different third people. But it's, it's very difficult because, it, you know, the analysts are always trying 
to say something after every play with a third-man booth, and you don't need to do that. So at least the one thing I am very grateful for with CBS is that they don't have a three-man booth. But I'd love to know what you uh, think about this. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Grant Napier Show and, and tell me if you agree with me about Tony Romo. You know, to me, Romo, he, he's getting paid a fortune, right? Getting paid a million dollars a year to do games. Are you freaking, I mean, a million dollars a game? Think about that. He's getting paid a million dollars a game. Hey, I don't fault the guy. If you can get a million dollars a game, go for it. Good for you. But, I mean, that's just uh, ridiculous to me. And I don't know if you've heard the news that Jim Nance is trying to get Tony Romo money. And he's not going to get Tony Romo money, but Jim Nance is CBS. Think about what Nance does just on the golf coverage alone. You know, a lot of people forget this. Pat Summerall was the anchor of CBS, right? Think about what Pat Summerall did for CBS. He did not only the NFL, he did the U.S. Open, great tennis announcer, did all the finals, both men and women, and did all the golf coverage. Former player, which is so unusual, because when you look at announcers in any sport anywhere, very few former players ever go and be play-by-play announcers because it, it's not something you can just step into. You know, the, 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 the announcers that are doing play-by-play on the professional level in all your sports, they've been doing it forever. All right. And it, 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 it's not anything that you're just going to step off the field and go, hey, I'm going to do play by play. No, it doesn't work like that. You can as an analyst at times, but not as play by play. That's why Frank Gifford, you know, you think about what he did, you know, what he was doing, you know, play by play on Monday Night Football. You think about Pat Summerall, but they are few and far between, few and far between. But I want to just throw that out there because to me, when I think of Super Bowls and, and some of the great games, Think about some of the amazing calls that we've heard over the years. And if you agree with me about Kurt Gowdy and Aldi Rogatis, I'll tell you, as a kid growing up, if I turned on NBC and Kurt Gowdy was doing the game, I knew it was a big game. I didn't even have to know who was playing. But as a kid, if I turned on Channel 4 in New York and the first voice I heard was Kurt Gowdy, I knew it was a big game. And, you know, I had Tim Brando on the other day. And Tim was talking about the impact that Kurt Gowdy had on his career. And I understand why. There were a lot of people that grew up on Kurt Gowdy. Uh, He was as good as it gets. In a moment, I'm going to give you my prediction for the big game on Sunday. But I want to tell you that Valentine's Day is upon us, fellas. Make sure you're ready for wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Do you know that 2 million men are already trusting Manscaped products to groom? Make sure you're one of them. Hey, if your girl can't think of what to get you this year, hey, tell her to get the gift that's for you and for her. And the best way to get started is with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. It's full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. Now, let me tell you that the Perfect Package 3.0 is led by the revolutionary third-generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. Now, this has advanced skin-safe technology and features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. It's also waterproof. And, folks, here's something else you're going to get, all right? We've smelled the worst down there before, right? 
That's why I'm thankful for their Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. Now, these products keep our boys from sweating, smelling, sticking, and these products smell good. And the Perfect Package 3.0 will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers. Easily the comfiest boxers I've ever had. And hey, you complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped with the same signature scent. It's an all Manscaped formulas. This cologne is the perfect complement to the collection. Folks, this is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code NAPES, N-A-P-E-S, at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code NAPES, N-A-P-E-S. Happy Valentine's Day from Manscaped. I have been going back and forth on the game on Sunday. I look at the offensive line for Kansas City, both tackles out. The unit that they're going to put on the field has only played seven snaps together. Now, normally I would say there's no way that a team can win with both tackles out. But Patrick Mahomes is not an ordinary quarterback. Now, if Mahomes at any point in the game becomes hobbled, Kansas City is in deep, deep trouble with that offensive line. The only way to me that Kansas City is going to win this game is with a mobile quarterback in Mahomes. And we know that he is very shifty. He is very good with his feet. He is very good running. But if a toe... Whatever the case may be with him, surfaces at any time during that game, I give the big advantage to Tampa. But I'm going to give you my prediction as if that is not going to be a factor. I watched Tampa twice. I watched the game live, and then I went back and watched the replay last week. Tom Brady threw three interceptions and really should have been four. I'm thinking about the play at the end of the second half where the Bucs absolutely hit a home run because the Packers' secondary fell asleep. King just, you know, I don't know what he was doing. Then you had the fumble by Jones on the first drive of the third quarter. So you had two gifts that the Packers gave Brady. You had Green Bay at the end of the game on a first and goal to go, and they were stopped on the first three downs. They went and kicked the field goal, and they never got the ball back. So I'm thinking about Aaron Rodgers did not have his left tackle. He was under duress all day, but with everything that happened, Green Bay still had a chance to tie the game with two minutes remaining on a, on a first and goal to go, and they didn't score. They had to stay, well, shouldn't say they had to settle. They elected to go for a field goal. I'm not crazy about Tampa. I haven't been sold on Tampa all year. I think Kansas City wins this game. I think Kansas City wins this game by double digits. And I'm going to put the score at 31 to 17, Kansas City. Here's another reason why I am not picking Tampa. I really believe in karma. And I believe if you cheat the game, you don't get rewarded at the end. And Antonio Brown, who's been limited in practice, assuming he plays even if he doesn't play, to me, A guy that cheats the game the way he has cheated the game should not be standing on the podium holding a Super Bowl trophy. I said the same thing about Randy Moss when he was playing for New England and they lost to the Giants on the David Tyree catch and the touchdown pass to Burris. Randy Moss, to me, did not deserve 
to win a Super Bowl because he cheated the game. He cheated the game at times in Minnesota. And he cheated the game when he quit on his teammates and the coaches and the organization in Oakland. That's not debatable. He cheated and quit on the Raiders. And there's a reason to me that athletes like Randy Moss don't have a championship. There's a reason for that. I call it karma. Now, I know Brown's already won in Pittsburgh, but his act at the end of Pittsburgh, his act in Oakland was an absolute disgrace and an embarrassment for the National Football League. It continued when he went to New England. It continued after he got cut by New England. I am not in favor of him getting another chance to play in the NFL, which he has with Tampa. That is another reason why I am not picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, if Tampa wins this Super Bowl, Bruce Arians will have done something that I didn't think he would do as a head coach. I think Bruce Arians is a phenomenal coach. Phenomenal. Not crazy about him as a head coach, but I got to give him credit. He's in the big game. And what about if Tom Brady, at this juncture of his career, at this age of his career, double-digit Super Bowls, if he were able to get another Lombardi trophy in his first year with Tampa, would that not go down as one of the great accomplishments ever? I mean ever in the National Football League. So I'm picking Kansas City 31-17. to I think that they are an all-around better football team. The one thing that has me really concerned, if I'm looking at this from a Chiefs perspective, is their offensive line. You can't just make believe that that does not exist. But you give Andy Reid two weeks to prepare for a game, I think Andy Reid will outcoach Bruce Arians. I think Andy Reid will have an offense that is in top gear, knowing full well, that his quarterback's not going to have as much time as normal. And again, I think two weeks here is a big deal for the Kansas City Chiefs. And if they had both tackles playing, I don't even think the game would be close. But I'm picking Kansas City 31-17. to Let me know who you like. Just uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Grant Napier Show, N-A-P-E-A-R, at Grant Napier Show. Give me your prediction. It's time for Grant. Hey, folks, today's rant is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. Locally owned for 20 years, whether it's leak detection, water line repair, bathroom plumbing, New Works Plumbing is a full-service plumbing solution. No matter how small or how large your plumbing problem, they've got a fix for you. Their expert technicians are available 24-7 for all of your plumbing needs. Just go to newworksplumbing.com. That is newworksplumbing.com. Well, here we are. You know, nothing ever changes. And I really mean that. When it comes to making a comment, it is just amazing what the outcome will be. I'm talking about Brett Favre. All right? Brett Favre's comments about Deshaun Watson has created a firestorm. Now, I don't know why it creates a firestorm. Here's what Favre said. You get paid a ton of money to do a certain job and just do it and let the the chips fall where they may. I think we make 
way too much money to voice an opinion, but I'm not saying he's wrong. Again, I think it's a different day and time, and it'll be interesting to see how the organization handles it. Now, Favre kind of went through this when he was in Green Bay, so I get the fact that it may sound a little hypocritical coming from Favre. But again, I want to read this. You get paid a ton of money to do a certain job and just do it and let the chips fall where they may. I think we make too much money to voice an opinion, but I'm not saying he's wrong. And again, here's the key. I'm not saying he's wrong. Again, I think it's a different day and time, and it'll be interesting to see how the organization handles it. Why is Brett Favre getting killed for that? I mean, you would have thought that Brett Favre made the worst comment in the history of sports. You know, I don't have a problem with this comment. I kind of agree with it. Even though I said in a rant last week, I understand Deshaun Watson's frustration with the organization, but he just signed a new deal that pays him a fortune, okay? And here's the reality, and I think this is what Brett Favre is getting at. A lot of the sports fans are tired of hearing their athletes bitch and moan and complain when they're getting paid a ton of money. All right, I use this about James Harden making $40 million a year. You know what? Again, we're not in normal times here. We got people going out of business every day. All right. We got people dying because of COVID. Uh, I mean, we got people that can't leave their freaking homes. We got people that can't have parties. We got people that can't go to work because their work doesn't exist anymore. All right. They don't want to hear this. They don't want to see guys. All right. Making 20, 30, 40 million dollars a year bitching and complaining about where they work. They don't want to hear it. So I agree with Brett Favre. He's exactly right in that sense. Even though he didn't come out and say it like that, I think that's what he meant. All right. And he was very clear about saying, hey, we live in a different time and, you know, this and that. But why is he getting killed for? Why is Brett Favre getting killed? I mean, why can't a guy make a comment and you either agree or disagree with it? I mean, it's unbelievable. It really is. You know, from the Stephen A. Smiths down to Emmanuel Acho, and I can go on and on. I mean, again, you would have thought that Brett Favre made the worst freaking damn comment in the history of sports. You know, people need to freaking relax in this country. Just relax. All right, relax. There are a lot of people that agree with Brett Favre, and I kind of agree with what he said. Not not now, not in 2021, not with everything that's been going on in this country. All right, be grateful. You know, be grateful that you're making 30, 35, 40 million dollars a year. Don't be complaining. Don't be bitching. Don't be saying you don't want to work here anymore. All right, open up your freaking eyes and see what's going on. And again, I've heard Deshaun Watson is an absolute A-plus guy. I have nothing bad to say about Deshaun Watson. I've never heard a bad word about the guy. And I even backed him up last week on my rant saying, you know what? Normally I side with the organization here. I'm going to side with the player. And I don't want to be talking out of both sides of my mouth here. I get the frustration for Watson. I really, truly do. But there's another side of this. You got to be aware of your surroundings. You got to be aware of the times that we're living in. And, And again, stop killing Brett Favre for a simple comment. What the hell is going on with our country? Seriously, it just is not getting better. It's like you can't make a comment anymore about anything. Everybody is just too damn sensitive about every single topic. I mean, call it cancel culture, call it whatever the hell you want. People need to freaking relax. Relax. Seriously. And that is my rant for today. Hey, hope you really enjoy the Super Bowl on Sunday. Again, I'd love to get your pick just go to at Grant Napier Show on Twitter. Tell me who you like and why. I'm picking Kansas City by double digits. I'm just throwing out a number, 31 to 17. Uh, cannot wait for my podcast next week. On Tuesday, I'm going to have one of the Albert brothers, Steve Albert. You know that Steve Albert has done some of the greatest fights 
in boxing history. That's right. He's been on the call for some of the great fights in the history of boxing. We're going to talk to Steve Albert about that, about his NBA announcing, about growing up as a Albert with his brothers being Marv and Al. That's coming up on the podcast on Tuesday. Hey, always great to have you here. Don't forget, please take a moment, particularly if you listen on Apple. Uh, Do me a favor, leave a comment. I'd greatly appreciate it. Don't forget about my rants over on YouTube. The channel is If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. And again, enjoy the big game on Sunday. Thank you so much for joining me here. If You Don't Like That with Grant Napier. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.